The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. What's going on, Chris? Uh, oh, man. This what? is a special episode. Yes. Dude. It's it's a special episode, and we've never done a special like this. No, not at all. Not yet, because there really hasn't been a reason to until now. So True. Um, also... Mm-hmm. This isn't a regular episode. We're not talking about a movie. And if no, people, we're not talking about Night of the Creeps. Yeah, people know this, though. If they're downloading the episode, they know the, they can see by the title, right? Yeah, but they probably are saying, what the fuck is this? If they follow us on Instagram, they'll have seen this week what we were going to be doing. Oh, yes. Right? So, uh, yeah, if you're not True. following our Instagram, head over there, Out of the Shadows podcast, or is it OOTS pod? No, I think it's Out of the Shadows podcast. Look for both of them. See if you'll find them. Uh, but yeah, come check it out. Follow along. We're posting all kinds of stuff and looking for interaction. I'd like to have conversations yeah. around yeah, yeah, horror yeah. movies and some of the things that I'm going to be, you know, we're going to be posting on there. Always. Uh, but this is special, dude, because mm-hmm. this episode is episode 100. I cannot believe we made it, man. 100 episodes, dude. Yes. Holy shit. I know. It's a big deal for any podcast. Now, I've done a bunch of podcasts. Hitting 100 isn't new for me, right? Okay. Okay. Um, it is for you, though. Yeah. Yeah. You've recorded, well, over 100 episodes, right? Because you've done other things with, with me in other shows. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But so in terms I've... of staying with one show from beginning number yeah, one to 100. Being, yeah, part of it. Yeah, dude. It's uh, How does it feel? Um, I don't know. Interesting. Um, I mean, I feel like I really didn't do much besides watch movies and talk. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, um, but yeah, here we are, nonetheless, man. It's crazy. It's been a while. It's 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 funny to think back to like when we when you had first pitched this to me, and I was like, oh yeah. And then you know it kind of sat there for a little while, and then we're like, hey, let's start it in the new year. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Of the entire time, mm-hmm. what was your like? What's a standout memory? A favorite? Ooh, David Weiner. Because that was kind of big to me. I was me like, too. dang, dude. The first time. Yeah. I mean, getting yeah, yeah, him the yeah, second yeah. time, don't get me wrong, was yeah. great. Yeah, but I no, love having time. him on and talking. But the first mm-hmm. time, it felt like, holy shit, this is a big deal. Like, we have a podcast specific to this documentary, In Search yeah. of Darkness. Yep, in Search yep. of Darkness, for people who don't know and haven't been following along with us, In Search of Darkness is a documentary. It's about three and a half hours of strictly 80s horror movies. And they through go the through, they, through the entire decade, year by year, um, with little intermissions in between. Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal. It's probably one of the most in-depth documentaries there is on this subject. Now... As if that wasn't enough, they did a second one, yep. which came out at four hours and something, something, and it was just like, this is amazing. They went even deeper, went into some Italian horror, yep. but all 80s, phenomenal, loved it. And the third one just came out, yes, which is uh, supposedly the end. six hours. Yeah, almost six hours of more 80s horror films. Now, we did the first one. Mm-hmm. We're still on the first the, yep. the first series. Middle of 1986. Um and then, our own intercuts and interludes. Yeah. And then when they were doing two, 
Uh, I saw something posted about like that David Weiner was going to be doing podcasts. Oh no, or something it was. Along um, that it wasn't two because I, I think two was already out. It was when oh, it's, uh, it Search was the, of Tomorrow. Yes, yes, coming Search out. Tomorrow. Yep. And I thought, you know what? Let's have. I know he's doing this, and we'll give him the we'll give him you know, the platform to promote that mm-hmm. because sci-fi and horror interact very, very close, heavily, right? Like yes. they're like they intertwine so so much. Typically, if you're a fan of horror, you're a fan of sci-fi. Typically. Yep. So we're like, yeah, let's get him on. It'd be a big deal because this is the this is the director, the crew, one the of the Godfather writers, producers of, of the the series. Mm-hmm. And yes, we called him the Godfather of the show because our show is based specifically on his product yes. that he's a part of. Yes, I loved it, dude. I really did. I thought that's probably the highlight of the entire hundred episodes so far. I think so. I Having think so. him on that, again was awesome too. And um, when we did Candyman. And having Tony Todd, I mean, he just liked it, but he saw it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of cool, just knowing oh, that you oh, actually the, crossed the rec- somebody's okay. radar. You're talking about the recognition on Twitter. I thought yes. you were like joking around like we had him on the show. Oh, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's such a small thing. Yeah, but, it's cool, though. But, but having seen all these movies and yeah. knowing and, you know, having tagged all these people yeah. and actually having somebody that, you know, Outside of David Weiner, because we already had his attention. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next 100, uh, but the last 100 has been awesome. It yeah. really has been yeah, awesome. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun, dude. It's been a lot of fun. So one of the things we were going to do is we were going to go and talk about our top five favorite yes. uh, films we've films seen we've so seen. far. Mm-hmm. Uh, only only in the, the 80s. 80s. Yes, only from the documentary, yes. right? And so did you put a list together? I did. Okay. Let's start. You ready? Yeah. Number five. I'll start with number five for me. Number five is the changeling ah okay yes had never seen it before interesting except because of this documentary this documentary well it was like the second movie we watched yeah but i had seen it before by the time we saw it for the the podcast i had already seen it Ah, i had had seen it because of the documentary i remember seeing oh i see what you're saying the segment on the documentary and thinking to myself i've never seen this movie and i don't know why but this looks intriguing it Mm -hmm. it it has it looked like it had that feel that kind of carryover from the 70s oh and i was like i want to check this out right so watching that film i remember just being pleasantly surprised in terms of like how much i liked it mm-hmm. how good the acting was how good the pacing was a lot of people may say it's slow but for me it, it works dude there's a lot of psychology in that film oh for sure great ghost story right mm-hmm. and probably one of the more horrific scenes in a movie like that i've seen in a long time like i remember when i saw hereditary right oh and that oh, scene happens God, in that dude. movie i remember just being so shocked because i did not expect it had not known about it it's like in uh the new halloween halloween ends when the kid falls and hits the ground at the very See, that beginning. didn't really get me. that shocked me dude but I, so I know what you're saying when i was just like like jaw dropped shocked right in Changeling, when he has to, when he's at the payphone and mm-hmm. you're watching what happens, oh, yeah, I remember going the very beginning, like my jaw just dropping, going like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, that was a brutal scene, dude. Dude, so yeah, so for me, number five, the Changeling. All right, yeah. All right, so top five for me. Obviously, this is this list is very dense and very packed with a lot of high hitting. You yeah. know, classics. For um, me, too, the way I look at it is it's always going to be fluid. So right now I'm saying this, and next oh, year it absolutely. might be different. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Well, because, well, you watch a movie, you might find something different in it that right. you didn't when see Right, when I rewatch before. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So number five for me on the list uh, is Christine. 
Oh, nice, dude. Yes. Yeah. Well. Um, because I really did not expect to like that movie as much as I did. Yeah. Um, and there was so much that I did like about it that it kind of um, it kind of came out of left field for me. Yeah. Again, the acting was on point, man. Some of the um, just the performance with the the main character. I can't I can't remember his name. Uh, the actor when he's like, show me. Yeah. And then the lights pop up mixed with the John Carpenter score, dude. Yeah. Like, there's just so much to love about that movie, and it's Stephen King. Um, so, yeah, that one impressed me out of uh, out of this bunch more than I thought. Because, again, it's a movie about a car, a haunted car. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's good times, though, dude. That yeah. is a great film. It really is. And it's got a great soundtrack. Mm. Um, yeah. And just, I mean, the car is gorgeous. Oh, it's such a gorgeous car yes, when it's it all is. cleaned up and, and just In like pristine, perfect. dude, yep. cherry. Oh, my God. Yeah. So nice. So nice. Um, okay. For me, I'm going to have to go with The Burning, number mm, four. I figured that would be on your list. Yes. The Burning, number four. I just love this movie. And, and okay. I say go back and listen to the episode for anybody who doesn't know how much I love this movie. Uh, there's something about it that... It's got this extra charm, right? Like we're used to the stories or, or the films that we've seen with the Friday the 13th series and, or Sleepaway Camp. Like, yes. like you're used to that idea, right? Mm-hmm. But this has something different. It's the, it's the combination of characters. It's the, it's the writing. It's the... Talk about, remember, talk about an ensemble cast. Dude. Yes, and then... And then some of the coolest fucking practical effects at that time, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Loved Savini. It. What do you expect? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the burning number four on my awesome, list. Awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, like I said, I figured that would be on there. Um, so, number four for me, um, this is probably, you know me. Yeah. So, this is going to come as no shocker to you, okay? But The Shining. Shining, yep. I knew it. <laughs> because, again, it's Stephen King, and he holds such a high place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick my favorite director of all time. So the two of them coming together, and yes, there may have been uh, creative differences in how the actual story came out on screen versus on the page, mm-hmm. but Kubrick did something with this movie that's just so unsettling. The performances in this movie, the score. Just the history and story behind the making oh, of this film. It well, just that adds too. more yeah, of a, pres- a prestige to it, right? Um, and then and then just the cinematography, always, always, yeah. always in Kubrick films. Ugh. One of the things I love, though, is when they point out Kubert's one mis- one of his very few mistakes in the film. The continuity with the chair? No, not just that. Oh, the breath at the, the end? The breath. The well, breath where he's out. Where, where... Now when we watch movies yeah. from that time period and they're set outside, I watch. And there was watch one we watched recently, breath. and I was like, oh, there's breath. Okay, so it could yeah. have been done. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, number four is The Shining. Nice one, dude. Very nice. Number three, because again, I didn't realize how much I was really going to like it. Okay. The Fly. We just ah, watched it. Okay. But it's got it had that impact on me, dude. Okay. It was this one. It's, I still think about it. Like I still okay. like in my mind talking about it now. I have this urge when I go home. I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was such a good movie. The again, go back and listen to the last week's episode. You'll hear me go on and on about it. But man, the acting in it, I just loved. And I love Goldblum. Man, there's something. There's something <laughs> about this dude. His quirkiness. This this kind of very matter of fact way that he. It's almost like he's he's a robot, right? Yes. And he does this thing where he's thinking and analyzing things and no matter what every time you see him looking, it's almost like he's like analyzing. There's like terminator shit going up and down his vision, you know what I mean? Yeah. And every single and he's very specific with the words he says and how he delivers his lines, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And there's this always this kind of like a 
crazy like offbeat thing about him that's like is this guy okay <laughs> calm the fuck down dude take a chill pill because he's <laughs> he's got this kind of like a little bit too much caffeine thing yeah, to him yeah, you yeah. know what i mean yeah so i love goldblum the the practical effects in this mm. dude the the special effects the makeup artist dude this is yeah. this movie i loved so much and so right now it's definitely in my top five of what we've seen in the last 100 episodes cool hell cool. yeah all right all right so number three on my list the return of the living dead yeah just Good because times. I've seen this movie before the show, and I just love this fucking movie so much. Yep. Because it, it, it. I don't want to say it's meta, but it's it knows what it's it what it is, and it doesn't take itself seriously. It's no. a zombie movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be in the vein of Romero. Mm-hmm. It's like a serious thing, but it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Um, it's awesome though. I love the special effects. It's just talk about an '80s movie. This is an '80s movie. Yep. And I love Tire Man. He's my guy. You, you gotta know? love it. Yeah. Gotta love it. And again, wonderful soundtrack, you know. So now I'm on what, number two? Yes. God, this is tough because I know what my number one is. Okay. Okay. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to remove my number one because it's too easy. And I'm going to take my tie for number two and make it number two and number one. I'm going to say, you'll see what I mean when I get to it. So my number two. Okay. Okay is another Cronenberg film that blew me away. Okay. Videodrome. Okay. What a movie, dude. Tell me about it, dude. <laughs> what? Like, I think about it now, right? And immediately all these different scenes are coming to mind, right? The f- Blondie. Oh, okay. God, dude. Blondie's in it. The, the, you know, this idea that this guy is trying to find the programming that's going to suck viewers in. You yep. know what I mean? And so he yeah. goes to this dark world and this seedy world, and then it becomes... This crazy politically driven thing, this thing about how like people's minds are being controlled and the way the media is is being used and the Mm -hmm. way advertising is being used. And Mm -hmm. dude, it became this whole movie where you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right. And then not just is there so much commentary in it, then the fucking body horror, dude, Mm. the the fucking crazy yes. shit when he pulls his he puts his hand in, in his the vagina in his yeah. chest pulls it out and it's all it's that fucked up gun yep. mass the flesh thing dude it's so fucked up and then how he the way it ends bro like what yeah. i remember just being like holy shit dude so yeah that was that affected me to the point where i'm just like yeah that's got to be in top five of the the past ones we've seen so far Good. good Hell good. yeah, dude. Videodrome. Okay, so my um my number two is yep. um believe it or not, Videodrome. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, nice. dude. Um nice. again, I think you put it I think you put it uh better than I w- ever could. Everything about this movie. The political commentary, the the social commentary, the I liked how it, it gave me obviously this is way before this, uh, but it invoked feelings of like hostile. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. With like the whole red room thing on the dark web, all yeah. that kind of thing, um, and and just how dark it was willing to go, and how much it didn't give a fuck to go that dark, dude. And it was a mind fuck. Yes. It was this yeah. movie where you're just like, what the fuck, yeah. dude? When he starts making out with the TV and putting his oh, head yeah, into his it, head's dude. going into it. Ugh. And but but again, that's another thing. The effects in this movie. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, man. Good stuff. Um. So yeah, number two, video drum. Very nice. So what was tied for number two and is now number one. Okay. Maniac. A. Maniac again. Oh, a film I'm so that, glad we saw it on the, on the big screen. Yes. 
Yes, dude. This film that just had this very raw mm. grindhouse quality to it, like watching it felt like watching something where it took place. Like I, I felt guilty like, watching it. I felt like I was watching it in Times Square in the seventies, like One in of those the dirty. Yes, that's yeah, how it, that's how this movie feels. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, right? One of the fucking craziest, most realistic, goriest scenes in fucking film history with the shotgun oh, blast, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Blows me away every which, time. Which, I want to interject right now. Somebody made a comment on In Search of Darkness 3 where they were talking about a movie that came out after this, and they said, oh, this might be the first head exploding. I said, nope, you're nope. wrong. yeah. Fact checked you. Yeah. <laughs> but Maniac, bro, Maniac is just a phenomenal film. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it, it inspired the remake, mm. which I loved as well. And what yeah. a what a performance. Oh. Joe Spinell, yes. dude. Come on. What Frank a performance. Zito. So good. So good. Yes. So fucked up, too. Yeah, dude, it was. It, it does was. make you, you feel me. like dirty watching it. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, I really probably should not. You feel guilty <laughs> watching it, dude. Yeah. Anyway, my number one mm-hmm. is I started this list with a John Carpenter film. I'm going to end it with a John Carpenter film. The, the thing. thing, yep. Oh, my God. Again, what the a effects oh. and the animatronics and the makeup for this movie are just like... I always think back to when I think of this movie, the scene that I think sticks out to me the most is when they've got the guy on the table and his fucking chest opens up and the guy's arms oh, go in. Oh, when he's getting the and fucking then the paddles, bro. coming off and goes to the floor and crawls away, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that gets me all the time is the dogs, dude. Oh, at the beginning? Oh, yeah. God. Like when the dogs are all fucked up and like... Yeah. Oh, I can't. Like it's absorbing them and, it's and like shit. Oh, dissolving like, them with Jesus acid, dude. Christ. And then obviously Kurt Russell. Yeah. Like, oh, say no more. And Kurt Russell's hat, bro. Come on. Yes. <laughs> the hat. And, and the other thing I like about this movie is it's a very, to me, it's a very quiet movie. It is. It's very quiet. You do get some intense scenes, but it's not this overly grand exploitation style wanting to be this commercially successful style horror yeah. movie. Yeah. It's a very quiet film. I agree. And I still got to see the one, the prequel that they made later on in the uh, the 2000s. I want to go back and check that out now. Interesting. Yeah, because it follows the Norwegian crew. Interesting. At the very beginning. Wow. I'll have to check that out, too. Yes. I didn't know that they had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so here's the thing. Here's an explanation, dude. The reason I said I had a number one, but I'm going to take it off, is because it's a, it's, a, it's a meatball. It's an easy fucking layup. It's Halloween 3, obviously. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah, movies of dude, all time. Like- <laughs> but I was like, I don't want that to be on the top. It's an obvious favorite, right? I want yeah. I wanted to talk about movies that most of these I had not... Almost all of them I hadn't seen until this film, until our thing. And so these were the ones that to me made impacts on me and made me see, you know, different sides of horror, right? Different other, other ways that horror can be effective. And all these movies all have this different styles of pacing and, and acting. And I did not have that one on the list. You didn't have what on the list? Season of the Witch. Yeah, you do. No, it's not. I'm looking at it, dude. I'm looking at it right now. I see Halloween 2. No, hang on a second. Where did I see it? It's, uh... Oh, yeah, you don't. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) But I knew it. So that is our top five out of the um, roughly 51 movies that we've watched out of this documentary so far. Crazy. Yeah. All right, dude, now we're going to do the other thing. This was was your idea. So explain to the listeners what this is. What are we doing? So what we are doing is we are being transported back to the mid-80s, late 80s, 86, I'd say, because that's about where we're at. Yeah. 
and we need to, we were given a budget by a studio to make a horror film. So we need to hire our players. Yeah. Okay. The important so, people that make a film, a film. Yes, and we had to. And that's use... a, there's a lot. Let's not let's not diminish the roles of others in film. Oh no, everybody. But when you're putting, some, when you're putting a creative important. team together at the very beginning, mm-hmm. this is typically when a studio is trying to throw money at you. The, this is what you have to this come to them and say. Budget's going to be. This from. is who we want to take these these positions uh, yes. to make this movie. And we were using strictly the '80s movies, people, individuals that, associated that we with saw. in these movies. Yep. yep. And I went through and I gave Chris a list of positions that needed to be filled. Yes. I want to laugh at one too. I want to. I want to ask you about this. But go on, go on. Okay. Tell them what the positions are. Okay. So to start, we have producer. Yep. Very important position. Produ- um, so first, producer is the person that makes everything about the movie happen. Basically, if he has to secure the money, he secures the money. If he's mm-hmm. got to get people to sign on, he makes sure to get people to sign on. He's the one that goes with the baseball bat and says, "I'm going to break your kneecaps, or you're going to sign this cotton." One of those things. Yeah. <laughs> But that's that's a very important person. This is the yes. person who knows how to connect people, how to work with people, and how to put together a good product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next was the director. Yes. He's the guy whose creative vision you see at the end on your DVD yeah. or VHS. This is the guy that makes sure that the performers perform adequately. This is really his story. Yeah. This is his you way know, of putting the story on film. His yeah. vision of the story. Yes. yes. Uh, next was the writer. Okay. His story. Yeah. Or her story. This person typically... Works close with the director, mm-hmm. not always, but typically does, and that they share the vision and how it should come to the end point. Yes. Yep. Composer. Very important. We've always talked about how yes. important music is to film and how it can evoke emotion, mm-hmm. how it can carry a story along, how it mm-hmm. can slow down a story for you. But it's also impressive when you have movies that don't even have a score. Like True. No Country for Old Men. True. It's interesting. Never anyway, saw that movie. Lead actor. Oh, you missed makeup. Special effects. Oh, oh yeah. Makeup artist slash special effects artist. Yes, that's, again, in horror, very important. Yes, obviously. Depending on the type of horror film you're trying to make. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then after that is lead actor. Yes. Okay, obviously you need one. Uh, lead actress, because you yep. need her. One supporting cast member. Yes. Which is basically not your lead. Right. I don't know of any right. other way to put that. The sidekick. <laughs> Simply. The sidekick, the parent, the sister, the brother, the the office mate, somebody that's important to the story, but they're not that's the main not focus the of our, our... That's not our main person. And then last but not least, um, <laughs> this is the coffee one. runner. Why coffee runner? Why not just, know, I just, thought why it was not just production assistant? <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, coffee runner? The f- All right, cool. I get it. I mean, I know what a coffee runner is. I know what a runner is on a set, right? So that's basically an assistant, a PA. But it depends, right? Because production assistant can have all kinds of roles. So a production assistant could also, you could have 10 PAs and only two of them are runners. You know, this other person's in charge of doing this and working with the the second director. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So let's do this, dude. Let's get into it. Oh, we're also going to do a draft style in terms of once one of us picks somebody, it Mm -hmm. can't, that person cannot be used for anything else. And, and you also added to this, we had to come up with a title. Yes. And an elevator pitch. An elevator pitch. pitch of this film. Yes. So let's do the title and elevator pitches first. Okay. All right. Okay. So mine. Okay. It's called Killer Kringle. Killer Kringle. Okay. Think Chopping Mall meets The Thing. When an alien crash lands in any town USA during the holiday season, it finds shelter in a local shopping mall. A blizzard then hits the town, stranding a number of folks in the mall. They must figure out a way to survive the night when they realize the killer alien has assumed the visage of Santa Claus and it's looking to feast on the flesh of the citizens. 
Interesting. <laughs> That's my You're movie. You're going dude. festive. Okay. This is my movie. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. So my movie, I stole the title. Um, not the title. It wasn't the title I stole, but uh, from a trailer I saw recently for an upcoming movie called okay. uh, Skin of a Rink. And the only thing that's in this trailer, they say, In This House. Yeah. So that's the name of my film. Nice. In This House. Oh, that, um, I just got goosebumps just hearing that. That's weird. The film is about a young woman and her husband who move into her recently deceased mother's house to settle her affairs. Unfortunately for them, they discover the lengths the woman was willing to go to cheat death. Whoa. Think Hereditary meets Hellraiser. Oh, wow. Okay. Jesus yes. Christ. Okay. You got that kind of movie. <laughs> I've got like a, a killer slasher yeah. alien sci-fi Reminds movie. Me like killer clowns. With holiday. With a holiday, yes, right? Dude. This is going to be fun. All right. So we're going to start with producer. Producer. I'll let you go first. Okay. I'll okay. let you kick it off. Um, this is probably going to be a no-brainer when I say this. And you can't use the same person, even if you've already picked them, as somebody as else in your role. thing. Yes, right. Exactly. Fine. I am going to go and draft Stanley Kubrick. Oh. Oh, producer. As my producer. Okay. okay. Again, he, I love him. I love his film. I don't think he's the right person to direct this film, but I think his creative input and vision can uh, be helped along the way on, on the back end of making sure, like, you know, what needs to be done gets done, but also, like, suggestions for anything. He's also there to put input in. You know what I mean? He's a heavy hitter to be able to have artistic calls uh, when needed mm -hmm. that can't be matched. Nice. Very nice. Yes. And that'll work for your style of movie. I can yes. see that. All right. Yes. For me, for Killer Kringle, my producer, now I have to say that I have I have my top choice, right? And okay. then a number of other ones just in oh, case Oh, yeah. I had picked. a backup too. You want to hear my backup? Not yet. Not okay. yet. Because they could be interchangeable in other roles, oh, okay. right? Because producers oh. can be directors can also be writers. Ah, okay. They can. Ready? Okay. My producer is Joe Dante. Ah, okay, okay. Joe Dante will work as well with Gremlins. Yes. He understands yes. how to make the holiday feel like the holidays, right? Your film has to have the holiday tinge to it, mm -hmm. but that's not the focus. This is not a holiday film. What we're seeing is people surviving in a mall from a monster who is in the form of Santa Claus. Yes. Who took on the fucking shopping mall Santa Claus, right? And now he's going around fucking killing people. And so we need something like Joe Dante. If you think about how like the gremlins would creep up on people, remember? Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. We need something that's like creepy that builds this kind of suspense. And then boom, you got your Christmas time as well. Yeah. Joe Dante. Okay. The man. Okay. The man. I'll give you that one. That's the a good, legend. That's a good choice. But that means Joe Dante's now off the the uh, the charts now for us, and Kubrick's off the the table. Okay, can't pick Kubrick anymore. I can't. All right, go on. Who do you got for your director, dude? Who's directing this magnum opus of yours? So, seeing as my producer is Stanley Kubrick, I wanted to have somebody who's going to who, work well with him because he's going to be all over that. Like, I have, he's going to be like Spielberg on Hooper. <laughs> I I I have a very specific vision in mind, right? So okay. I guess I guess at the end of the day, we're kind of the producers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, we're the we're the main producer. Um, yeah, we need co-producers here. But uh, my director, Money. I wanted somebody who can deliver something that I feel is in the vein of Kubrick, just in a different flavor. Okay. So I went with David Cronenberg. Oh, to direct this? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Uh, because going back to The Fly, I really liked what he did with that movie, and because of that movie. Along with his resume, I feel like he could really take this and 
make it more than just a horror movie. Make it something impactful, something that's going to stick out. Hit emotional. that emotional note. Because you're talking about a woman who's going into her mom's house who just passed away. There you're already loaded with a bucket of emotions. Yeah. And keep that humanity element into it, but mix it with this very unsettling horror. Nice. You know what I mean? Nice, dude. Yes. That's so, awesome. David Cronenberg. All right. Who's going to work well with Joe Dante on my Christmas movie here? I have to go with one of the best right okay my director is john carpenter hey i knew that was coming (laughs) i have to i knew that was coming it's a good choice the thing yes right this is an alien that comes down to is you know crash lands here yes finds the mall the shit out of people yes right in front of them yes i also have to have people who are trying to survive right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. You start to get this thing of like where maybe people don't start trusting each other. So you have to have that too, right? But this dude, I mean, it's it's Carpenter. Even before the 80s, right? We already knew what he did with with, with Halloween. Uh, we've seen with The he, Fog. It's because of him that we have a lot of what we've watched. Yes. The Fog dude, even mm-hmm. that, like this building of this myth, this little town, this Ugh. town that is trapped by the fog itself and what's coming, right? So yep. I need somebody that understands the psychology of grouping people together in a situation in a where they situation. have to survive yes. and survive yes. something that's from outside, that's paranormal, that's that's not normal, right? And then there's got to be the horrific part of it as well where you're going to see gore, you're going to see... This thing is killing. It's it's out there to eat flesh. So I need somebody that understands how to work that on screen. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And make dude. it work. So I got absolutely. John Carpenter directing my film. Good call. Good call. Dang, Good call. some we got some heavy hitters off the table. I think already. we may need an increase in our budgets here, dude. <laughs> Fox. All right, next is a writer, dude. Who yes. do you have writing your film? Okay, this is probably going to be a no-brainer when I say the name, Stephen King. Oh, you took him off. <laughs> He's on my list too, dude. He's my number one pick. For writer? Yes. Oh, sorry, Damn dude. it. Because, again, you're talking about a movie about emotion and people interacting, and not very many people. Very small scale of interaction between two people and the psychology of that. Mm-hmm. There's nobody better to write that uh, than, than King. You son of than a King. bitch. Um, I needed him to write my story I with know, all I'm the different sorry, characters. Dude. And have all those characters come to the mall separately the way he does shit like that. You know what I mean? That's <sighs> awesome, dude. Stephen King's so good. I, he, but the cow- he would not be allowed to have any cocaine. Oh, None uh-oh. for Stephen King. No cocaine for you, Stevie. <laughs> Get to work. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I'll just go with somebody who's a meh, horror writer. Uh, we'll go with Wes Craven. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Craven, dude. Let's just talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street. You know what? If you can't have Stephen King for your film, I feel like that's an acceptable substitution. <laughs> I really do. It no, makes course, sense. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Let's just talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yes. The understanding of people who will find themselves in a situation that to them, they're just like, what the hell am I supposed to do now, right? How the hell am I supposed yes. to survive? He understands terror. He understands horror. He understands the psychology of presenting a figure, an image that's supposed to strike fear, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea of how he worked with Robert Englund to create Freddy, the, the, the moves, the what he would do, right? This I Because if you watch the first one, we but talked about it thing, on the now, show. Don't forget, he's writing it. Yep, I know. He understands okay. that. He understands how to write, how to write that. Exactly. Yes. This is how you want this to work. So he's going to write it. So that when Carpenter's doing it, it's just going to be magic, dude. Sixth Sense. Is there any movie with Carpenter and Craven that work together? I don't think so. Could you imagine? I know, dude. My film, bro. 
Uh, anyway, cool. so yeah, dude, Wes Craven's gonna be writing Killer Kringle. <laughs> okay, good substitution. And I think he'll do anything. I think he'll do well. I think he'll do I'll well. I'll take that. I'll take that. So composer. Yep. Now this is la, 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 la. This is difficult because I could have said Carpenter. Right. However, he's had off the I, table now. Had I said Carpenter, yeah. he'd be off the table now. So right. I have to go with my original first choice. Ooh, go. Howard Shore. Okay, what he do? What was the fly? His? Oh, okay. Very because nice. of how impactful his score was there. But also, I love his Lord of the Rings soundtracks uh, uh, for those films. So I know what he can do uh, with music to invoke emotion and basically make the music another character within the film. Nice. So Howard Shore. Very nice, dude. For me, my composer is going to be Charles Bernstein, Mm, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Okay, I need somebody that's going to be... Not over the top. It needs to have some minimalness to it. It's mm-hmm. got to be creepy. Mm-hmm. It has to have a creepy feel to it. It has to have tinges of of a holiday feel, a Christmas feel, right? So yep. the, even when you think of a, a, a Nightmare on Elm Street, right? That doom, 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 doom. That I don't want to say it's whimsical, but it's playful and a it's, little, it's fun It's got almost. that little, the yes. little chimes and stuff. So I need that yes. for this type of film, right? Okay. And okay. not just that. I need somebody who can create a score, or create a piece that will trans will be transcend the film itself and become a part of the film. So that when you hear it immediately, you know what movie that's exactly. From. Yes. So yep. I need that, and so something iconic. Yes. So yep. we're getting a composer that is is at least at the very least this movie people will remember when they hear that music. Okay. Good choice. Good Boom. call. He was actually, I actually considered him. Who else did you have for composers? Because that's not somebody we'd be able to pull off again. Carpenter. Yep. Matt Clifford for Return of the Living Dead. Okay. I had Ennio Morricone from The Thing. Mm, okay. And uh, Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind from The Shining. Ah, okay. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Yes, sir. Even though he barely went with any of that and yeah, yeah. <laughs> used the classical. But yes, they, they deserve a lot of credit Good for stuff. that. Good stuff. Uh yeah okay. Next up, makeup special effects artist. artist. Yes. Oh, I already know you're picking. I just already know. <laughs> I just know it. How can you not just go? Go first round. Him. I'm not even going. I he's not even on my list. Just so you know, Chris Wallace. No, I'm kidding. Tom Savini, <laughs> the master. <laughs> How could you not? I mean, what more? I mean, what is there to say? Yeah, you um, can't. I mean, there. That's all there's to again. It. I said, think Hereditary meets Hellraiser. I wanted to have a very realistically horrific uh, look to it in the sense of gore and special effects. I'm sure you're looking for something that's going to be visceral. Yes. Something that kind of gives you that shock. Because, again, you're talking Cronenberg, so you got to have somebody who matches his level. Right. You know? And who better than Savini to try nice. and match that? Nice, know? dude. Nice. Yep. Well, for me... Yeah, I didn't put him on the list because I knew you would. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? There's a lot of movies we saw where their special effects work oh, was yeah. great. The mm-hmm. makeup work was great. Yep. And so what's going to work best for my film, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Savini would have been good, but Savini does a lot of realistic human style things. There are things that he's done that are ultra human that mm-hmm. aren't human mm-hmm. at all, right? However, typically he's more human stuff, right? Yes. You're watching th- throat slicing, heads chopped. You know, you're, you're seeing human anatomy. I needed something that's going to, we're going to need that, but we also need 
alien. We also need creature. Mm. We need mm-hmm. something that transforms. So I had to go with Rick Baker, American Werewolf in London. Ah, good call. Good I had call. to go with somebody that can show us a creature taking on the form of a human instead of going from human to creature. Mm-hmm. Let's have him go in reverse now, right? But give us something horrific that takes on a Santa that doesn't look that great either, Cur- yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we got to have Gore. Remember what's his name when he's fucking half his face is all slashed oh, off yeah, the whole man. movie? He's just getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. I got to have that, right? So yep. uh, Rick Baker, bro, he's going to kill That's it. That's a good call. He's already effects. worked with Carpenter, so. Bingo. You know what I mean? There you go. Okay. This is a fucking great movie, dude. I wish this movie existed. I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so next we go to lead actor. Oh, this is where it gets interesting because there's a lot. every From all the movies we've seen, there are a lot of really good actors in it. Whether they're they're the main actor in the movie or not, this all the movies we've seen have so many good actors. My lead actor, because I got to have somebody who's relatively younger. It's a okay. younger couple. Okay, okay, cool. So like in their mid mid to maybe youngest twenty three, right? Okay. So a younger couple. So my lead actor is going to be none other than Keith Gordon. Keith Gordon from Arnie, Christine, <laughs> Arnie. Okay, and also dressed to kill. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because I feel his performance in Christine, to me, gives me the feeling that he can pull off a very seriously authentic, serious role. Yeah, and and the depth of horror that he can pull through himself. I mean, we saw him get possessed by a car, and we saw that physically drag on and get worse and worse throughout mm-hmm. the movie. So to be able to pull that off, but again, he's in the right age group, um, and it's somebody who's not well-known. And for this film, I don't want people, actors who are well-known. I had thought at one point, oh, maybe Johnny Depp. But I'm like, I mean, Young at this Johnny point, Depp. yes, back in the 80s, right? Because yeah. um, that's how I we're said, doing this, as if it's the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also said, you know what, he's a little too young, but also like... No, let's not do that because that's obviously an ob- another obvious choice for me. Um, so yeah, Keith Gordon. All right, not bad, not bad. Okay, you know the story, mm-hmm. the mall, right? These are people who are trapped. Mm-hmm. So we need all different ages in yes. this film. Yes, it's yes, going to yes. be an ensemble See, and cast. That's, yes, and that's however, good for you for our lead in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Are you going to follow a young man as your lead or someone a little bit older? In your world, yeah. Somebody, somebody who looks who's like a little bit older, who's had a little bit of experience on things, probably who, somebody in their forties, fifties, yeah. who maybe they're divorced. That's that that kind of feel to this mm. character. Okay, you know, tough dude, maybe, yep. maybe drinker. Mm-hmm. Tom Atkins. Oh, of course, Tom <laughs> Atkins. Not, He's leading the team. <laughs> like this is who's the leader of this group of people. I that knew that was indoors. coming. <laughs> and uh, you have to, man. Yeah. It's, There's nobody better. There's nobody better. For this better. movie, you can't. I don't care who we've seen. Michael Caine couldn't lead these people. I'm sorry, <laughs> but here's but he the can't. thing. I know for a fact you could have landed Michael Caine. Yes, Joe Spinell's not going to be. Maybe he'll be in the cast as yeah. part of the Sunstumble yeah, yeah, cast. Yeah, the but furniture. He's not guy. leading yeah. these guys, right? I even there was you know there was a few other people I had, but any of these guys that that we've seen perform. I, I need somebody who has that. I'm, t- I'm standing up. I'm taking charge, yep. and I'm going to fuck your wife while I do it. <laughs> Tom Atkins is leading my team, dude. Good. Good call. That's Good our choice. actor right there. Good choice, dude. And he's worked with Carpenter before. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? This is, mm-hmm. It's going to be it's, – it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Okay. So my lead actress. Yeah. This is – I like this decision. Ready? <laughs> Heather Langenkamp. 
Ooh, okay. Because I don't really remember seeing her in anything other than okay. Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So I'd like to see her in something else, something different than what she's done and what I've seen her in. And I, again, I feel like she could deliver on that very serious, dramatic She's not role. too young? No. Okay. No, she'd be because again, you're 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 in an age range. Okay. So she, I, she'd be right in about there. the right the age. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I'd like to hear, see her in something else. Nice. Yeah. Like it. I like it, dude. My lead actress. Okay. I didn't want to go with the obvious. <laughs> can I ask who the obvious? Can I guess who the obvious was? Yeah. Adrian Barbeau. No. Ah. Oh okay. no, no, no. Actually. Oh. Okay. But they have to. We have to have them since they're the lead actress. They mm-hmm. have to interact with Tom Atkins. Yes. Right. So we can't. We we've seen the length still put Tom Atkins in the situations with much younger women. So let's. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, because I love her, I love her performances in the eighties. Okay. To me, she's uh, she's in she's she's eighties royalty in in horror. Ah, okay, I think I know. Uh, Barbara Crampton. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good Barbara call. Crampton. Interesting. Right? And I think this is going to be more along the lines of I want her to be the strong, a stronger female uh, lead in this in which she doesn't fall for Atkins's uh, his his kind of charisma. He's yes. not even trying to do it, right? But his charisma doesn't work on her, right? <laughs> even when he tries to lay on the charm, it's and not it going to work. to him. <laughs> right. Yes, right? But at, by the end, they, maybe they will end up together. together but, but not, not because she end. gave in for him. It's because he realized, you know what? I can't control this kind of woman. I can't do that. So, yeah. But yeah, I think they'd work very well together. Good. And I think in this film, you need somebody like her because there's this... There's a toughness to her mm-hmm. that she can survive, but there's also this kind of wholesome, all-American, white picket fence, every neighborhood America's girl. girl. Thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's what this town is, is in any town USA. So it's got to have somebody who has that wholesome feel, and she mm-hmm. does. She feels like she came from the Midwest. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? I agree. Good call. There you go. Good call. Yeah. All right, dude. So for supporting. my supporting cast, yeah. um, this is one that I had thought of late i didn't think because i was putting my list together last night and it hit me then i'm like oh but i want this person in this film um so i said all right i'm gonna add a category to get them in so (laughs) i love it that's awesome julian beck the reverend henry kane himself oh of course yes oh my Um, god because i have a feeling you're gonna need a death in my film okay Uh, a grim reaper sort a um that type of looming type character okay or entity okay and who else is better than anybody we've seen the guy the guy is willing to go to the extreme of literally dying yeah for his role so uh julian beck very nice yes very nice all right for my supporting man this was tough because i had some people on here but now that i've built this movie up to this point now Mm -hmm. i'm looking at this going this person seems like they'd fit right and I gave this one to you this morning. So you hadn't even had that yeah. long to like think so of this. So this person I'm going to add because, again, I feel like she's a strong actress. Mm. And I want her to be the ex of Tom Atkins who sees when he's trying to put the charm on and she rolls her eyes at those moments and is annoyed Word. by him. You know, is annoyed that she's, are you kidding me? Of course, the one night a year that I'm stuck in the mall, he's here too. 
You know what I mean? Oh, of course he's going to be the leader because that's just. Oh, of course you know I mean? he's going to try and get in this girl's. But at the end, yes, right. But at the end of the day, she still cares about him, right? She's yes, not in love yes, with him. She's yes. not like I wish I we were together, but she still cares about him. So I need somebody that can can exude that, mm-hmm. but also exude toughness and be able to be a part of this group of people that's surviving. Yes, this is Adrian Barbeau. Ah, yes, nice. She'll be in it because I gotta have her, dude. Gotta have her. Have her, have her have like a happy medium of yeah. uh, her creep show character. Yeah, and I don't want this kind of like this jealousy with the girl either. I, I want her and, and Barbara Cranston to be along in the film yeah, too, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And work together. But she's just rolling her eyes. Oh, typical yeah. Tom. Yeah, typical yeah, yeah. Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> so, yep. All right. That's her. All right, last position we got to fill, Chris, <laughs> is our coffee runner. The person who's going to help make sure that all the behind-the-scenes things stay lubricated, that things move. So the I'm going to defer to you to go first on this one. Oh, really? I'll, I'll, I'll let you take this one first. All right, then, because I'll tell you, all I did was look up all the produ- PAs on all these movies. That's how I looked up production. <laughs> did is, you really? The, yeah, because that's what a <laughs> runner is. It's a PA. So... I'm going to go with only because I love the movie and I feel like they did such a good job in that movie and the the amount of people on it. I mean, if you were probably one of the top PAs for this film, you had a lot of responsibility and you got shit done. Okay? Oh, I'm sure. I'm going with Paula Bursky okay. from The Burning. Ah, okay. On location filming, mm-hmm. water filming, the number of cast you had, not just main ensemble cast, but all the extras. This was a film that wasn't like Friday the 13th where it took place in a camp with barely any kids. This thing was full of fucking kids everywhere playing baseball, softball, swimming, canoeing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yes, intense. There's a lot Imagine going on. Imagine having to be a part of the behind the scenes that made sure all that stuff was running yep. while the main people who were doing what they needed to did what they needed to. I need somebody that can handle that. This mm-hmm. is a big movie. Even though it's you know in one location, it's gonna mm-hmm. be a lot of stuff happening, and I need a lot of moving parts to be able to handled by somebody that can handle it. So yes. that's who I picked, dude. Okay, interesting so here. Here's the reason why I deferred to you because I took <laughs> this in a little bit of a different angle. I oh, approached okay. this from who's somebody that's cool from a couple of different angles. Who's somebody that's cool that I like to have on set? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But somebody who's still useful. Okay. In being able to get the things done that need to get done. But they were a part of. One of these movies that we've seen? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, they were not a PA. Please tell me it's a chopping mall robot. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, they were not a PA. Okay. Um, they've actually held very high positions within these films. You're going to make them a runner? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you got to listen to my explanation okay. of why I chose okay. this person. I got you. So I chose George Romero. <laughs> Because George Romero, think about this. This is a legend who put out Night of the Living Dead, and you're making Hang an on, 80s though. movie. You're like, bro, I'm se- you're selling this to a studio, and you're saying George Romero is going to do the running around for us. Listen to my logic here, okay? <laughs> okay. He I knows think you what lost he's doing. this one. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Let's face it. He knows what he's got to do, mm-hmm. w- w- the people he's got to call, and exactly what needs to be done to get done what needs to get done. Okay. 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 George Romero strikes me as the type of guy where I said, hey- I'm making a film. You want to just come and hang out on set and help out? He'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And he would help. Hey, do you mind going? Oh, yeah, I'll go get the coffees. No problem. However, (laughs) I'd want him around for guidance as well. And he could provide every single aspect of that. That's not the role of a production assistant. Um, (laughs) That's like like an assistant director or a second director or a producer. Yes, but I can't hire him as my first director. Who was your producer again? 
uh, Kubrick. Fire Kubrick, put Romero in. <laughs> put Romero in. Kubrick's well, too much of thing. a pain in the ass. I'll tell you right now, if you came to the studio this way, don't the you, studio would tell don't you. Don't you criticize my fucking draft no, I'm picks. the head of the studio, bro. What I would say as a studio is like, I love your movie. I love a lot of your picks, but I got to tell you, we're not working with Kubrick that way. You can make Kubrick your runner, put Romero in the producer <laughs> position. Um, but that is why I picked George Romero okay. as my runner. Okay, interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yes. That so was yeah, that fun, is our draft. Dude. That was a I lot of that. fun, dude. I want to do that again. I want to do that again, like with the next batch of films. And we can't use any of the people we've maybe, used already. Maybe we'll do it again when we get to the end of um, okay. Search of Darkness Part 1. And then we can't use who we've used already. They're yes. all off the table now. Yep. So yep. all these heavy hitters are off. Wes yep. Craven, gone. Mm-hmm. Carpenter, gone. Dante, gone. Um, I'm surprised we didn't have as many uh, more crossings. Uh, but here's the thing, dude. There was a lot of people to pick from. And like some of these a other lot. people that I had on, on on deck were like, they could have they would have given it a different flavor, but I feel like they could have gotten done the same thing I was looking for them to get done. Yeah, um, and some of, of these were like like not necessarily people that would first come to mind. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of people that we've seen in these movies that I'd love to add to the ensemble cast. Mm, mm-hmm. I want to have Gold oh, Goldblum yeah, stuck oh. in in that mall. Hell yeah, dude! Again, Joe Spinell is in the mall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like at, at, all these people. Um, What's his name? Who was in the uh, Corey Haim will be in the oh. ball because he's young. So I need kids too, right? I need yeah, younger yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. So I'd have Rose. him. I'll have Stephen King as an actor hey, that's in the funny. mall. Make a cameo. He'll be like the he he owns the bookstore, King's oh. Books. Oh, that's, that's what it's called, perfect, right there. Dude. I'm just gonna write this. This is the movie I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write this movie now. I want to write this. Should write it, and then you get actors who can play these people. Jesus, that'd be you know amazing, I mean? right? Play these people who the are act- supposed to be playing yes, these actors have, as these is. roles. I dude. have to have an actor who plays <laughs> Stephen King as playing this person this role and yes. playing Tom Atkins as this role. Yes, yes, dude, I love it. Oh man! All right, well that was fun. That's episode yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything crazy, flashy, special, but it was fun. We just yeah, wanted to yeah, be yeah. able to have a good time. Also, uh, make sure to head over to our social, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, OOTS Pod, or Out of the Shadows Podcast. It's one of those you'll find us. Give us a follow. Make sure to comment. You'll see the blue shadow man. Yeah, the blue shadow man. Now we're out of here, dude. Next week we're coming back with Night of the Creeps. Yes. So uh, anyway, I'm done, dude. I'm getting ready to get out of here. You got anything else to say? Um, nah, not really, dude. Go watch more horror movies. Go watch the new Scream teaser trailer. Ooh, yes. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool, dude. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, remember, keep your eye on the shadows.